This is the Halo Construction and Real Assets Podcast. Today we're going to take a quick look at the new approved document R, Infrastructure for Electronic Communications, and in particular Volume 1, relating to the provision of new homes or dwellings as we like to say in the business. Let's not forget that some of us of a certain age were brought up with this. Ladies and gentlemen, it's like we've all been hanging on the telephone, waiting for the government to get its proverbial together again. First, let's take a look at what's been happening in the industry since our last podcast. Last time, we said hello to the Right Honourable Simon Clark MP, who had taken over the reins as Secretary of State for levelling up housing and communities from the Right Honourable Greg Clark MP, who had in turn taken it over from the Right Honourable Michael Gove MP. Today, we welcome back the Right Honourable Michael Gove MP into the role he cherishes and ask the question, who the hell installed a revolving door at 2 Martian Street, London? One of Michael Gove's first actions was to reaffirm UK Gov commitment to building 300,000 new homes per year. Great news for house builders who sign Mr. Gove's cladding pledge. But Mr. Gove, please can we do more to encourage them to not only take building safety seriously, but to build out brownfield sites and not to rip up ancient hedgerows, forests and arable pastures like the idiots next door to me. Congratulations also to Lucy Fraser, who becomes housing minister. Great news to hear that Ray O'Rourke will remain firmly in control of his beloved Lang O'Rourke following the peculiar exit of the heir apparent Seamus French. Not the first time we have seen Ray step down, then take up his rightful seat at the head of the table once more. So probably not the last time. That man bleeds concrete. Lawyers representing Arconic, the manufacturers of Rainabond PE, the combustible cladding used catastrophically on Grenfell Tower have described its failure to disclose devastating fire tests before the blaze as a non-issue and claim that the firm is the victim of an agenda to blame it for the fire. As a recap, this relates to static fire tests conducted in 2005 and repeated again in 2017 that showed that the product was highly combustible and which elicited internal emails describing the product as very dangerous. In the words of one government official at the time, why would you guys spend millions of pounds on a building and then wrap it in highly combustible plastic? Good point and fairly made. As an industry, I think it's safe to say that if a product manufacturer said this product is very dangerous so don't use it on high-rise buildings with only one way out, then nobody would have knowingly used it. That's probably why they didn't disclose it. Michael Gove has said that the UK Gov should look again at its decision to not implement a Grenfell Tower inquiry recommendation on evacuating disabled residents. Let's recap. 
In May this year, UKGov shocked and appalled just about everyone with the announcement that it would not implement critical recommendations on the Grenfell Tower inquiry, which called for legal obligations to plan for the evacuation of disabled residents from high-rise buildings in the event of a serious fire. We should never forget that 21% of the fatalities at Grenfell were persons unable to evacuate without assistance, which is an appalling statistic. Even more so if we say that 41% of the disabled persons who lived in the tower at the time of the fire perished that night. That is a disgrace. In fact, we will look more closely at this issue in an upcoming podcast because, to be quite frank, it gets me a bit upset and angry. So, getting back to the new improved document R. Infrastructure for Electronic Communications 2022. And what exactly sets this apart from the previous approved document R 2016? Okay, back in 2016, can you remember it, people? UK voted to leave the European Union. Yes, Brexit happened in 2016. Donald Trump was elected 45th, 45th oh, President of the United States. It was the first year that music streaming sales outpost all of the forms of music sales. The song Uptown Funk won the Grammys. And the top films of this year included the spooky sci-fi Arrival, corporate expose on McDonald's The Founder, that's a great film if you haven't watched it, and the irreverent magic that was Deadpool Baby. But what was the approved document R2016 all about? Well, new buildings and major refurbishments, where the building had more than one dwelling, then it had to have a common network access point. That is the point the network operator, BT, OpenReach, Virgin, etc., would bring the connection to. Yep, all the internet access had to come into a multi-residence building at one single point and was then to be distributed internally from that access point to network termination points. They are the points that you plug your router in. And the building had to be provided with a high-speed, ready, inbuilt electronic infrastructure up to the network termination points, the, the things you plug your router into, of access speeds greater than 30 megabytes per second. This was often abused by developers of multi-occupancy by providing just one termination point per building. Useless if you have more than one apartment. But there you go. All good so far. But what about download speed? Although 30 megabytes per second is considered to be okay for daily domestic use, not great, just okay. Indeed, in 2021, Ofcom noted that the mean average UK access speed for domestic customers was already 79 megabytes per second, which far exceeded the 30 megabytes per second aspirations of the 2016 regulations. But, in truth, the Ofcom 2021 report was treated with some degree of scepticism in the market, and industry insiders such as Broadband Choices strongly suggested that the average download speed remained languishing at a meagre 23 megabytes per second, ranking the UK way behind countries like Denmark that enjoyed average download speeds of circa 69 megabytes per second. Indeed, 
all in the market will accept that, that there is significant room for improvement. Back to the 2016 regulations and noting section 1.4, which states it is not a requirement to provide network cabling or equipment or any in-building infrastructure that extends internally beyond the network termination point. So pretty weak so far for the provision of connectivity internally. It goes on, nor is it a requirement to provide any external or site-wide infrastructure beyond the access point. The developer and broadband service provider should agree who will install such external infrastructure. So, no plans to actually provide external connectivity either. Basically, a useless regulation exploited frivolously by developers. Well, that will just about explain why the lazy-ass developer of my residential property marketed the property as internet-ready and fully compliant to the latest building regulations. They actually provided a BT socket in the hall, 5 meters of Cat5B cabling and a network termination point somewhere in the lounge. House builders really do need to get their proverbial together as stop doing the bare minimum. So, what about approved document R2022? What has changed? Have we learnt anything from the inadequacies of the 2016 regulations? Let's look. Regulation RA1, Gigabit Ready Physical Infrastructure, requires that the dwelling must be equipped with a Gigabit Ready Physical Infrastructure. And then this must extend from the network termination point. But what does Gigabit Ready Physical Infrastructure mean? Firstly, a Gigabit is not a Gigabyte. The website difference between .NET tells us the only difference between a megabyte and a megabit is their size as the former is exactly eight times the size of the latter. The difference between a megabit and a megabyte can be traced to the bit and the byte. A bit is the smallest unit of digital information which can hold either a zero or a one since it takes more than a single bit to represent any considerable amount of information bits are grouped together by eight each group of eight bits is referred to as a byte well i never and i didn't know until i started researching this program that's it a bit and a byte but don't worry a gigabit is really very 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 fast the website myrepublic.com explains this all very well they say whether something is in megabytes or megabits makes a lot of difference. In other words, 8 megabits is approximately 1 megabyte. Or 8 mbps is about 1 mb slash s. Or 1000 mbps or a gigabit per second is about 125 megabytes per second. Are you still with me people? So when you sign up for a plan that is advertised as a gigabit, you are essentially buying a line that can transfer data up to 125 megabytes per second. That is called 125 megabytes per second bandwidth. So how fast is a gigabit 
or 125 megabytes per second in terms of usage. An average music file, an MP3 file, is 3 megabits, bytes, <laughs> less than one second to download. A TV episode of 350 megabytes will take 3 seconds to download. A high definition movie of 2.9 gigabytes will take circa 24 seconds to download, so not too shabby. But let's get back to approved document R. Back to regulation RA1. This also requires that the dwelling's gigabit-ready physical infrastructure must extend from the network termination point for gigabit-capable public electronic communications networks and reaches a distribution point. It's very important. It means that the developer cannot just put a box on a wall and walk away, leaving the residents to wait for an internet network provider to bring the fibre connection to the house, which in my case will have taken seven years, seven years by the time I have a fibre connection in spring 2023. Thank you, developer. The developer now has to actually work with the network providers to have the connection installed and the gigabit highway ready for use with connectivity from the network provider's data hub, whether that may be to the place you plug your router in. That makes complete sense to me. Obviously, there are some carve-outs and exceptions. For instance, if the developer has no rights to cross land to the distribution point, etc., but it means purchasers and tenants will have a better understanding of actually what the true connectivity of the property is and can make their choice accordingly. Back to approved document R and regulation RA2, connection to a gigabit capable network. Well, it does make sense that if the developer is having to put in the gigabit ready infrastructure to a residence, then they should really have the obligation to connect it up to a gigabit capable network and not leave people like me in the lurch. Otherwise, we really are in no better place than the 2016 regulations. But let's see what UK Gov have to say. Regulation RA2 clearly states that each dwelling must be provided with a connection to a gigabit-capable electronic communications network subject to a cost cap of £2,000 per dwelling. So UKGov are insisting that developers need to provide a functioning, functioning gigabit-ready internet service to each dwelling. So for new developments starting after Boxing Day this year, you need to provide a gigabit capable internet service functioning provision to each dwelling. That's a major step forward, and we congratulate UKGov for bringing in the revision. Meanwhile, in the Bow household, So there you have it. We trust you found this informative and remember, being compliant is the minimum standards 
of acceptability and we can all do better. Much, much better. This is your host, Peter Bowe, signing off for Halo Limited. Be safe. And let's make life simple, not complex.